The following podcast contains strong language and mature themes. We are a pair of investigative podcasters on the trail of an unsolved death from 1984. This is episode 5 and if you haven't listened to the previous ones, this might not make any sense. We suggest you go back and listen to those first. Okay, I'm Gemma Kingsley, here with Marie Colson, and we are calling this investigation The Body in the Woods. And you join us in our investigation of the man known as Kenny Goldsmith. We're trying to find out who he was and why he was found dead in the woods near this town. A trip to London gave us new leads and possibly a family connection. But an attack on Marie led her to retreating into her home. Are we on the right track? Have we ruffled someone's feathers? This episode has been recorded in Marie's bedroom. Hi everybody. Thank you for all your messages of support online. How are you feeling? I hope I didn't give everyone a fright last week. I'm okay, I'm just a bit shaken. If our listeners remember, at the end of last week, we'd just returned from London having visited Defra. Someone jumped us outside the station, pushing us to the ground. They pinned Marie down and verbally assaulted her. Sorry. Carry on. Sadly, we don't know who that person was. They were wearing a face mask, so it covered most of their face. The light wasn't good either, so I have no idea who they were. Do you remember what they said to you? It was something along the lines of, we told you to leave it alone. Is that related to the case, do you think? I'm not sure. I guess it could be. It's a shame the recorder was not too far away and didn't pick up what was said. Did you get anything from their voice? No, it was like a forced whisper. It was very gravelly or growly. I honestly couldn't tell you if it was male or female. Marie is going to have a week off and convalesce at home. She agreed to help get the podcast underway, but I will be doing the legwork this week. Sounds good to me. On with the podcast. Okay, first thing is Sharon. I sent her a letter last week and I'm waiting to hear back. She should have it by now as I sent it first class. If you leave me your phone, I can keep an eye on it if she calls, and you can just use mine for the day. Thank you. I'm going to visit the planning office to have a look at the initial plans of the town and see if we can get some info on who was involved in the construction. They might know something involving the farms. I did see on the website that they don't like smartphones inside, so I'll, I'll leave it here anyway. Okay. Wow, we're getting so much stuff now. Can I get one of those cork boards, like the pins and the red string? Have you seen how expensive they are? Certainly for a large one. Really? And it's a bit of a cliche, don't you think? I like it. I think it speaks investigation. Okay, how about at the end of this, we'll get one for photos and promotion? Mm, I guess I can wait. Right. (laughs) I'll head off now and leave you to get some rest. Catch you later. I arrived on Simpson Crescent outside a smart yellow sandstone building, which is the home of the council offices. Inside is a planning department. I headed through a set of double wooden doors. Hi, I have an appointment to visit the planning office. 
Okay, can I just get you to sign in here? I'll get you a pass. Uh, do you have any mobile phones or cameras? No, I left it at home. Uh, here's your pass, and if you could take a seat over there, I'll get someone to come and get you. Oh, okay. It's just to stop people wandering around the building. Uh, yeah, um, hello, there's reception here. Uh, we've got a Miss Kingsley to visit. Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye. They'll be done in a minute. I turned off the recorder as I waited for my escort. I thought it better not to draw attention to my device. I was taking through the building, along corridors and down several stairs into the vaults beneath ground level. Philip, my escort, gave me the information I needed to get started. He also indicated a buzzer to push when I was done or if I needed anything. Philip has left me to carry on alone, so at least I can continue recording at the moment. Right. Most of this room is filled with shelves lined up on each side of the room, with a walkway down the middle. At the end of each shelf is a steering wheel, which I have to turn to move it. And if you've never seen these before, they look like a room-sized accordion. Right, I'll put this down here. Philip has given me the file numbers I need, and I'm working my way down the row back to 1985. That was when the planning applications were filed, so they should be down here. And it's really cool. When I turn this wheel, all the others turn as well. This is a large lidded cardboard box with dates on the side from 1985. Philip mentioned that these villages first appear in the Doomsday Book, and there are records going back hundreds of years, but this is the start of the new town. Okay, I've put the box on the table and opened it up. Inside are many sheets of folded plants. I guess each is a separate sheet. I'm opening up the first one and laying it out. It's A0 in size, I think. It looks like the avenues. Ah, so this is the wrong end of town. There seems to be a grid in the corner showing the coverage. I'm looking for map number five. Ah, okay. Ah, here we are. Biggleswade Road and the loop. The map showed that the town was built in phases. I didn't realise they didn't build it all in one go. Okay. Hmm. Ah, here we go. This shows the road out to the beauty spot. This must be where it used to be, and it's now a housing estate. Strangely enough, it shows where Robert Jennings lives, right near where Kenny was found. The name on the map says that Michael Ramsey was the chief foreman for this sector, and the construction group was Ivitz Construction Limited, and that's Ivitz spelled I-V-E-T-T apostrophe S. I guess that's my next breadcrumb. Michael Ramsey. Let's see if he's still around. I better tidy up and push the buzzer. I packed up and called Philip so I could get back out above ground and into the daylight. It was getting a little claustrophobic in there.
I hate this. I really, really hate this. I thought I was over all this after the incident with my boyfriend, ex-boyfriend that is. I'm sat here in my bedroom at my dad's home talking to myself into a bloody voice recorder. I'm 26 years old. No future or proper job prospects just because that bastard completely destroyed my life. Well, Mr. Audio Recorder, looks like it's just you and me. It took me a long time to get over him and move on. Well, you know, I thought I'd moved on, but there's obviously much damage left under the lid. When I was attacked last week, everything came flooding back. I couldn't see who it was because all I could see was Marco's face staring at me. I could smell him as well. That was odd. It was like all my senses came back at once. It was so overwhelming. I wish I could have seen who it was. Hello, uh, uh, Murder in Podville podcast. Can I help? Hi, not sure if I have the right number. Uh, who are you after? I was after Gemma or Marie. That's us. I mean, I'm Marie. Gemma's out at the moment. I wasn't going to call, but I called Felicity and she encouraged me to call you. She explained that you were trying to do something good. Sharon Goldsmith, it's lovely to finally get to talk to you. Yeah, we're trying to get justice for Kenny. Thank you, Marie. But why Kenny? Why not someone else? It was purely by chance. We wanted to take on a proper case which had never been solved and see where we could take it. But with total respect to you. We just wanted to let you know, but we had no idea how to get in touch. It was only because of Felicity. We'd like to get your permission to at least carry on with the investigation. Do you promise not to make this all sensational and make it something it's not? We promise. That is not something we want to do. I think I know what you're referring to, but we just want to tell the true story of what happened. It was hell. Once the story came out in national press, my life was over. I had journalists camped outside my house for weeks, and it got so much worse during the inquest. I still have nightmares from that. I completely understand where you're coming from. I've had my own nightmares. Maybe when you've finished all of this, we could get together and have a chat. Sounds like we should have a talk about things. That sounds like a plan. Okay. Are you able to tell us anything about Kenny or shed some light on what Kenny was investigating? I can't, but I do have his case notes in boxes. I could never bring myself to go through them, but I would like you to take them and see if they help you. Wow. Thank you, Sharon. That that really means a lot. I still work, but I have a day off in a couple of weeks. I can bring them over to you. Brilliant. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you soon, and we can arrange a meeting. Sounds like a plan. Bye for now. I need to get in touch with Gemma. She needs to know about Sharon. I know it's a couple of weeks away, but this is big news for us. It means we can carry on with Sharon's blessing. I pop back to see Marie, mainly to swap phones and to give her an update. But she told me about the call from Sharon, which is brilliant news. We seem to be making slow progress, but at least we're moving forward. And we have a new name to investigate, Michael Ramsey. Sharon has made contact with Marie and hopefully Marie will be back with us as soon as possible.
I'll stay at the helm until Marie is ready to come back. It's important that she is mentally fit enough to carry on with this. It is tough, so she needs as much time as possible before continuing. Until next time, bye for now.